understand the brands that just make you feel what you want your brand to ideally help other people feel and just listen and learn and take what works and leave what doesn't. Hello, welcome to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and this is your destination for all things growth. Hello, welcome back to the Active Ingredient Podcast. We have a solo episode this week, and it's on a topic that I honestly get asked a ton about. I'm very excited to get into it. Before I do, I want to go into the letting go of to let in part of the show where I am now kicking off every episode talking about something that I am letting go of this week in order to let in. And I kicked it off last week. And I will say that this little segment really kept me accountable. And I really, really did let go and let in what I said last week, which was letting go of this need for me to be the one to figure out everything myself and letting in experts that have done what I'm looking to do to help guide me and to enlist the help of people who are a few steps ahead of me. I feel very, very grateful that in this week, since I did that last let go to let in, I've brought on some great people and have really been just checking myself when I have the inclination to want to say, oh, I'll just figure it out myself or I can just learn this myself or no, like I don't have to do that. I get to talk to and work with people who know more than me and that will advance me in a more efficient way. So it really worked for me. The intention really is for me to share where where I'm currently at with what I'm letting go and letting in, but also to be this check-in point with yourself. Like what is something that you can let go of this week that's just no longer serving you that you find to be kind of like this repetitive thing or just what is something that when you think of what you want to let go of that comes up first, can you let go of that this week? And then what can you let in this week? I just kind of want to do this together and keep ourselves accountable so we can just week by week let go and let in, let go and let in. So this week, what I am proactively letting go of is complaining. I just caught myself last night. I was on a walk with my boyfriend and I was on like a complaining tour. And it's just such low vibration energy. It really keeps you in this like victim, woe is me mentality that just does not advance. And I found myself complaining about a lot of the same things, mostly to do with work and life, some life things too, honestly, just the same things. Like it's this circle. I feel like I'll go into complaining and then I'll forget and then I'll come back and complain about the same things. And I'm just, I'm so over leaning on complaining as a crutch. And so that is what I am proactively letting go of this week. And what I am choosing to let in is taking intentional and kind action. Because when I found myself complaining, it's just things that I have not put boundaries for, things that I have either overextended myself in, have built resentment towards, or don't have a system in place for. So there are so many things that I can just take action on to not let myself get to that point of at the brink of needing to just explode and complain. So that is what I am proactively letting go of this week and what I am proactively letting in. Letting go of complaining, letting in, taking aligned and intentional and kind action 
that will ultimately help everyone involved. So this week's episode is all about brand building and PR, which is what I actually do for a living. And for those of you who don't know, outside of hosting the Active Ingredient Podcast, I am the founder of an intentional PR and brand building agency called Nude Nation, N-U-D-E Nation, that I have owned and operated for five years come November, which is like absolutely insane. We specialize in amplifying mission-driven brands and voices. And I actually launched this podcast, Active Ingredient, one year into starting my agency because I just wanted to get to know the inner workings of all of these incredible founders and people that were in my life because of what I did for work. And I just felt like they all tapped into this thing, into this knowing, into this source. And I wanted to figure out how to tap into that myself. But it really was born out of being in this creative founder world and seeing it firsthand and knowing that something about it was calling me. So I really kept the podcast to be all about the inner journey and all of the tools and the learnings, the unlearnings, spirituality, yoga, all these things that allow for external growth. Because I really do believe, and I've believed pretty much for my whole career, but I just don't think that I had the language to put to it, is that every single thing is a mirror. And however, like the internal world we are currently experiencing is, is exactly what is going to be reflected externally. And I have had clients that are looking for PR to fill voids for their lives that no matter how much press or no matter how much external validation we would bring to the table, nothing would be enough. And I was just really fascinated by being around people that knew deeply in their soul that what they were doing was bigger than the immediate gratification, that it was a long game, that they have self-validated it enough. And they were coming from this place from pure essence. I just wanted to understand, like I wanted to understand how you can get to that place and why some founders fell into this kind of rabbit hole of this never enoughness and some really tapped into something. And I really only wanted to interview the ones that I felt like had genuinely tapped into something. And without, again, having the language, I feel like I had been navigating it through that lens. And about, I would say, no, not even a year ago, like when I had Charlotte, the therapist on the show, she had shared this quote that pretty much was exactly what I've been thinking of and like what this inner outer world mentality had been circulating in my mind. And the quote is long, but I'm just going to call out this one piece of the quote that really kind of just exemplifies what I'm going to be talking about on the podcast today. But what it says, it's a quote by Brianna Wyas. And she says, little by little, you'll begin to see that life can only grow outward in proportion to how stable it is inward. That's it. That's the quote that I just, I'm like, that is such truth. And I believe it with my whole heart, which is why I focus more on the inner work on this podcast because I really do believe that it is a precursor to external growth, which is what I do more so on the agency front. But with that said, I have been feeling extremely called to talk more about intentional brand building and how to get these messages that live inside of us or through a brand in a way that actually resonates and moves the needle. So I decided that once a month, I am going to be doing a dedicated podcast that talks all about 
PR, brand building, and growing externally with the hopes of giving tangible advice on how to amplify your own message. So I put a Q&A out on my Instagram and a few of you submitted some questions. So I am going to go through them all. Yeah, I'll be doing this once a month. If this is valuable, please let me know. Also, if you are listening, it would mean the world if you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen. It really, really helps the show. And if you can give a review, extra, extra points. When people do that, the podcast algorithm brings up shows to the top of the algorithm and it gets in front of more like-minded people. So that would be really appreciated. So PR Q&A, the first question I got was how to launch a product. So before I get into anything PR, I want to call out again that PR is a very long game. It is not instant gratification by any means. And I also want to call out that even if you do get a placement in a digital outlet or an influencer or anyone that is talking about your brand, it might not necessarily blow up your business. My belief and my philosophy is that it is in the compounding effect. I always say press builds on press. So you need to start creating the snowball effect. And then sooner or later, it'll transition from outwardly pitching and outwardly trying to get that recognition to the tables turning to being more discerning. Because once you've grown, and again, press builds on press, but once you've grown to a certain point, then the inbound starts to come. And that's when you can get a little bit more discerning. But that takes time. That takes years. That takes consistency. I wanted to call that out before getting into all of this. So when launching a product, first and foremost, you want to identify where your target audience hangs out, what they read, what they consume, who they trust, etc. I think it's super, super important to get extremely clear on who this person is. And if you have access to the type of person, like if you know that like one of your best friends is your ideal demographic, or if you know that someone in your circle is exactly who you're going after, ask them, like, who do you trust on social media? What outlets do you read? Do you look at what media has covered them? Where did you find out about your latest purchases? And get anecdotal data to figure out how people find out or how your target person is finding out about these businesses, these brands, these services, etc. So PR has changed. It really has so much since I started my career. But at the core of what PR is, is that it's non-paid awareness. And what paid awareness is really at the bottom of it is an advertisement. So PR is anything that is happening that is getting awareness or credibility for your brand in a non-paid way. When I started my career, the vehicles of PR were very, very different. We had newspapers, magazines, online outlets, and broadcasts, and that's pretty much it. Now, the vehicles are kind of just limitless. You have digital media, you have awards, you have podcasts, you have speaking opportunities, you have Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, newsletters, Substacks, creators, blogs, brand blogs, just so much available to you, which I know could keep people paralyzed. It's like the cheesecake factory effect. When the menu is too long, you don't know what the hell to pick and you get paralyzed, right? So my goal is always to simplify, simplify, simplify. Otherwise we get stuck and we can't move. So what I want you to do is pick two 
of the most relevant mediums for you and for your business that you know is where your people hang out and focus on those two vehicles. And I'll give you an example. Alongside having my agency and the podcast, I also have a tableware line with my sister called Piano Piano. This is my third business. We are only focused on the two vehicles of digital media and influencer marketing. And obviously, we want to do 8 million different things. We want to be doing events. We want to be doing just a thousand things, but time is of the essence. And those are two vehicles where we are prioritizing. So while we want to do it all, we also want to actually see traction and actually see where we're finding things working or where they're not working. I really, really suggest as a takeaway from this first point is to think of what those two vehicles are that you can commit to for a minimum of six months. Because like I said, these these things really do take time to build momentum. So you want to commit to it for a while. Can you commit to these two vehicles for six months? And do you feel confident that these are the two vehicles that make the most sense for you? So once you've identified that, you then want to create your target list. At the agency, we call this your North Stars. So if you don't know where to start, we always will recommend doing a competitor analysis and looking at five to seven brands in your space just to see where media has covered them and where there's interest or just you know general appetite for these types of conversations. But I do think that before you even do a comp analysis, if you can just sit down and get a pen and paper and just literally write down, what is the dream case scenario with my two vehicles? What is my dream case scenario? And even if your list isn't long, like think of the places that come to mind first write them down and then you can you know do your whole comp analysis and just see where people are being talked about currently etc so once you have your list you then want to create an extremely compelling pitch that is highlighting who you are what your product is what your differentiating factor is like what is the special sauce the thing that makes it different what problem are you solving for where can people find you And if you are selling a product, I highly, highly encourage you to put your product on an affiliate platform like ShareASale. And I am going to link a course that I took on how to do that. I'm going to also be talking about it later on in the show. But those are all things that I would include in your pitch. Again, you want to highlight who you are, what your product is, what your differentiating factor is, what problem you're solving for, where people can find you. And if you are selling a physical product, definitely encourage you to be on some sort of affiliate platform and then calling out that you are on affiliate within that pitch. I also want to call out that this is one of the most important things when pitching people. It is so much more effective to pitch less people, but to pitch them well than it is to send a blast email to a ton of people. I highly encourage you to consume the person's work that you are pitching. Consume their work. Call out why your product, expertise, or service would be valuable to their readers. If they've covered a brand, product, or service that's similar to yours, it's likely that that's within what they call in the industry their beat, like what that's like what their interest is. So making sure that you're in front of them and that they can rely on you as an expert, as a resource, as a product, as something, if they're working on any pieces that make sense. But the most important thing is to really make it evident within that pitch that you have done your homework and everything should be a mutually beneficial exchange. So call out why your product expertise service would be valuable to their readers. 
it's an exchange. So make that clear, make it clear that you've done your homework. I cannot tell you, like, I cannot tell you truly how many pitches I get daily from agencies to have their clients on active ingredient. It's very interesting to be on both sides, to be someone who pitches and also who's receiving pitches because of the podcast. I would say that 99% of these pitches, people don't actually listen to the podcast. And it's a copy paste, high XY, insert podcast name here. And it's an immediate pass from me. But the ones that have stood out to me, I will literally reply to them and be like, hey, listen, as a fellow PR person, I really respect the hell out of this pitch. And I would love to talk further to see if your client makes sense to come on the show. So do your homework. Less is more. Make sure that it's valuable. And just make it known that you what you want to do is provide something valuable to their readers. You're not paying for this inclusion. So you want to make sure that you are providing value. And then you do want to make sure that you are reaching out to people with enough time for people to try it, to write about it, to learn more about it, to test it out, or if, if it's a creator for them to create content around it. If you have the ability to set aside some product or services for offering it complimentary to editors or influencers, creators, et cetera, that would be a really smart way to get people to start trying it out. And, you know, depending on what your budget is or depending on what your inventory is, that can vary. But just, you know, having a certain number and trying to get it in front of people, offering it to them complimentary to try it tends to open the door for communication. I also want to call out that if you are launching a product, give yourself at least two months in advance of pitching. So two months before your launch date, start pitching. You do want to give yourself enough time, especially if you're new to the market to just get in front of the right editors and get feedback to see who's interested and who's not. All right. Question number two, what are some of the key indicators that a founder or brand is ready to budget for PR? So I think that if you're hiring someone to execute PR on your behalf, I think you should be prepared to spend anywhere from 3000 a month to you mean it can go to 50,000, depending on if you're going with a freelancer, a boutique agency, a large agency, et cetera. But I guess the answer really lies on budget. I would say also that a key indicator is that you deeply, deeply believe in your product, service, or offering and that you're in it for the long game. Because when I'm talking to or interviewing brands that are wanting to work with my agency, if I hear that they were frustrated that their previous agency didn't land them press in the first one or two months. I'm like, they don't get it. They don't understand that this is a long game. They don't, they, they want it now. And PR is not a now thing. So that'll likely be a pass for me. So I would say it's definitely budget intensive. So if you have the budget for it. And if you're really in it for the long game, and it's just really, really beneficial to be with the same PR partner for at least a year in my in my experience, you really want to have it build upon itself with people that are known to be your reps out there in the world. I also think that it's like good to, you know, if you've been with someone for a long time to just like see if there's someone else out there that is more in alignment as you continue to evolve. But with that said, we've also been with some clients for a very, very long time. Like it, it, it just depends. I think that if it's like personal branding, thought leadership, I feel like sticking with your agency and like preparing to pay that for a longer period of time is probably the mentality to have. And if you're a product and you're not really doing that much thought leadership, but you're really just trying to get your product out there, I would say thinking about it as committing to an agency for at least a year. 
This is all for execution, by the way. I do think that if you're bootstrapped, if you just don't have the money and the cash to be able to pay that retainer, there are definitely ways that you can be doing PR in-house yourself as the founder. If you're paying for a retainer when you're working with an agency because you're paying for their relationships, for their strategy, for their expertise, and ultimately for it to be to get done quicker. But it's absolutely possible. I mean, no one was born knowing how to do this, right? Like it's all teachable. It's all something that you can do. It's network intensive and it is an intense... I mean, there's a reason why people outsource it. So I would say that you're probably ready if you do have the budget for execution. And if you are pre-launch, definitely if you're funded. And if you are bootstrapped, you can absolutely find ways to do this yourself. Again, I think getting really clear on what those two vehicles are and wash, rinse, repeat every single week and get really, really consistent with it, you can definitely see traction. So every single person's journey is different. But the question was, if you're ready to budget for PR, I would say, I mean, it really depends. If you're going to work with a freelancer who has very few years of experience, it can be on the lower end, like $3,000 a month to really like massive agencies are charging like 50, 100,000 a month. So it really can run the gamut. All right. Resources to self-teach brand building and PR. So I will say that I am working on something that will be coming out relatively soon. And it's going to be a full playbook on exactly how we do it at my agency, a step-by-step guide with templates, lists, like literally I want it to be so that like anyone that is coming to work for my agency will be using this exact same playbook to learn how we do it. I want that exact same thing for anyone who is going to be learning from us externally that's not in the agency. So it'll literally be our playbook of how we do it. But with that said, I do, because it's not live yet, I do recommend joining groups. You know, Female Founder World is a great resource. It's founded by my friend Jasmine Garnsworthy. She has an incredible Geneva group chat that has so many amazing resources. Her podcast is so valuable. Listening to podcasts in general, I would say Skinny Confidential has a lot of great podcasts with brand builders. And she, I mean, she herself is a brand builder. Dream Bigger with Safat Hader with Honors does really great courses. Lauren Bostic did one, Savon Ayla, Trinity from Gold did a course there as well. And then if you're looking to learn about the world of affiliate PR, which I talked about earlier in the show, I took this course recently that was recommended by my friend and publicist, Robin, not my publicist, but she's my friend and she's a publicist, Robin Diamond, that I would recommend you to do if you want to learn more about affiliate. Affiliate is something that is kind of par for the course for brands these days. You need to have, if you're a physical product company, you need to have your product available on affiliate, which is like a whole other conversation in and of itself. But I took that course and it was really good. It's called Affiliate for Publicists and I will link it in the show notes. And just like broadly from a brand building perspective, think about the brands that you really admire and that you want to emulate. There's something about their essence that you feel is speaking to you. Follow them. Follow their founder. Look at what they're posting about. Look at how they communicate. Look at where they're covered in the media. Look at the podcast that they've been on. Listen to the founder. Like Really immerse yourself and take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. We're all learning from each other. So I think that the best probable piece of advice is to really 
understand the brands that just make you feel what you want your brand to ideally help other people feel and just listen and learn and take what works and leave what doesn't. All right. Last question. I am a marketing and digital media student. So I was curious how you got to where you are. First of all, that's extremely exciting. Congrats. And I actually graduated with a degree in psychology and a minor in communications. So I didn't really end up doing exactly what my major was. But I feel like even with this podcast, I do talk a lot about psychology stuff and my clients are within wellness. So somehow, I guess. Um, But I will say that like more than the communications minor or more than anything, the internships that I did are what really kind of like started to set me up for success. So all throughout college, I interned in all like marketing creative roles. And that included working for my school magazine. I interned at a PR agency and I interned at MTV one of the summers while I was in school. That MTV last internship really opened up a ton of doors for me. It was in New York. This might be a hot take because we're all living in this remote world. But I will say that living in New York after college is probably what got me to where I'm at in my career right now simply because of exposure and networking. Cities like New York, just they just expedite the process because you're in the thick of it. So I will say that wherever you are, networking is always available and it's the thing that's going to take you the furthest. But I will say that obviously cities like New York really are set up for that. Like you can meet with 12 people in a day and that would be kind of like normal. Whereas in commuter cities or places where it's like a little bit harder, you need to like plan it in advance. And like, you know, it's just, it's just different. So if you're looking to really kind of immerse yourself, I would think about cities that prioritize media, brand building and New York really is that. It's New York, LA. I I split time between New York and Miami right now. And I will say that the scene in Miami within that space is growing, but like nothing is like New York. Nothing is like that. It really is just like the whole time that you're there, you're just exposed. Like that's really what it is. It's exposure and it's networking. So something that I say to everyone to just literally anyone, anyone that's interning, anyone that's still in school, even if you're a founder of a Fortune 500 company, like it does not matter. The number one thing in life for this industry and for any is networking. So prioritizing that above all else in whatever city you're in. Yes, there are cities that expedite it, but you can really just prioritize it anywhere you are. I would prioritize that above all else, period. And I'm going to leave you with a little tip that we do at the agency, which is that we have a rule of meeting with two new people every single week. It's company policy. And it's honestly fun. And it doesn't have to be like this daunting thing. It's like two people that are within your industry or industry adjacent that are just people in your network. You never know. You really never know where people land, where they end up. And just taking someone out to coffee or even if it's a remote thing and you're getting on a 15-minute call just to like say what's up and like something be energetically aligned... It feels really good and it takes you very, very far. So yeah, I would say prioritize networking and let that network compound. Same with press. Press compounds. Press builds on press. So I hope that this was helpful. If this is of interest and this episode resonates, I will continue to do it. I'm planning on doing it for some time just to test it out. But I am going to close by repeating this because I think it's so worthwhile. You can only go 
as far as you have self-validated. And it is absolutely worth it to do the work because no matter what team you hire, no matter how great and solid that pitch is, no matter anything, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff is out of our control. But what you can control is what you have self-validated and everything is a mirror. So it will only go as far as you have self-validated. So I really, really hope that this was helpful, that I answered your questions and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your week. If you want, message me what you're letting go, letting in is on Instagram. I'm really interested actually. And I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for getting to the end of the episode. And more importantly, thank yourself for choosing to learn more about how to come home to yourself. As always, take what resonates with you and simply let go of what doesn't. I would really appreciate it if you can give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen, because that's the way that the show will continue to grow. And we are all about growth here. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week.